milky gold. Mercy's hair was the same color, like wheat in the sun, and she was admiring her own thick yellow hair when out of the grass appeared Indians, as natural as wildflowers. Before Mercy could choke back her psalm, they had encircled Zeb and John. One shot was fired, one dash stopped, two surrenders made. Zeb and John and the Indians vanished over a rise and out of Deerfield forever. The boys had known better than to fight. Fighting meant a tomahawk to the head. Surrender meant a chance to live. And Mercy had known better than to sound the alarm. Taking the boys was bait. The English would do anything to save one another. All the Indians needed to do was capture one white, and the rest of the English would come running to the rescue. Ambush was the Indian form of battle. They did not like casualties. It was not their plan that they should die, only whites. So if Mercy were to scream, the sentries would mount up and the whole village rush in pursuit, but the English would find their horses shot from beneath them. And where only Zeb and John had been lost, now twenty might die. So Mercy had stayed silent. The grass closed in. The captives were gone. And the world went on full of color and glory. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help, Mercy thought. Maybe in Israel, in the days of King David, the Lord sent help from the hills. But Massachusetts? Help does not come from our hills, Lord. Only Indians. Mercy had shaken her fist at the Lord. How could you let those savages take Zeb and John? Why aren't you on our side? You sent us here. Take care of us. Five months ago, and Mercy still trembled when she remembered her rage at the Lord God. It was the kind of thing that turned the Lord against Deerfield. Every sermon Mr. Williams had given this winter dealt with sin. The Lord had no choice, said Mr. Williams. Deerfield must suffer. Mercy had done her part to anger the Lord, and she knew it. Mercy pulled the shutter across the window, fastened it with a wooden bar, and climbed into her freezing bed to consider her sins. She had woven five yards of cloth today, but the Lord would not care about that. He would care that she harbored evil thoughts toward all three brides in Deerfield. She was envious of Sally, who had gotten a perfect husband in Benjamin Burt. Horrified by Eliza, who had married an Indian, even if Andrew was a praying Indian, sickened by Abigail, whose choice was a French fur trader, twenty years older than she was. How could Abigail marry a Frenchman? The French were the enemy. The English were at war with the French. Besides, Jacques had no teeth. If Mercy had to marry the enemy, she would not pick a toothless one. Mercy was too young to think about marriage, but she thought about it all the time anyway. There were no good husband choices. She was related to everybody, or they were the wrong age, or she would have to be their third wife and take care of six stepchildren as she gave birth to her own first child, like stepmama. When stepmama married father, she'd been bright and saucy. Two years later, she was gaunt and beyond laughter. Mercy had taken over the care of her four brothers and little sister. The boys were usually good, but three-year-old Mara taxed everybody's patience. 
Mara was lovable only when she was asleep. She didn't sleep much, and she didn't sleep well. Stepmama was too worried about her own new baby to help. The fierce winter made it almost impossible to keep the baby warm. Stepmama would not set her down for fear the tiny body would freeze. At least Mara and the new baby slept between father and stepmama, so at night Mercy had some relief. But half the time, Aunt Mary and Uncle Nathaniel would hand her the two cousins to take care of as well. Mercy liked Will and little Mary, but as more and more children were added to her care, Mercy had to pray constantly for patience. Forgive us our sins, Lord, she prayed. Let spring come soon. Let the Indians stay in the north. Benny and John were already asleep. Sam, the oldest, was curled against Tommy, who was still trying to find a breathing space. Tommy poked.